Well, welcome to the Nerd Brand Podcast, everybody. So, do you sell toothpaste? No. Um, well, Mitch doesn't, but uh, how am I supposed to know what you do? If, stay tuned as we discuss how some websites just confuse us with their messaging. Everybody always does the drums or plays guitar or does the fingers in the air. It's I love of, how we get the band yeah. in here so quickly. Yeah, they do. And out so quickly. I mean, <laughs> it takes a while to set up the podcast with all these cables. Uh, but uh, yeah, the band is like lightning quick. You know? Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. See ya. <laughs> I need a door-like sound. I don't have one of those. So it's, you know, pretty sad. Do you like a creaky door? <laughs> the magic they use <laughs> we are with bridget from the root in downtown new albany how you doing bridget i'm good i'm happy to be here let me um crash your podcast today yeah no we're Thankful. happy yeah. it's fine it usually crashes on its own so <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a podcast that really has a structure but it doesn't that's the best kind, kind. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Seinfeld. It's the show about nothing. We're the podcast that has no structure. <laughs> that music that everybody jams out to is actually called No Culture, and it just kind of fits. Like <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, that's us. Yeah. But uh, on today's episode, we're dealing with the first thing you see on a website. Um, so I've been to a lot of websites, and I get confused automatically. I've, I've literally opened up a website, thought they did one thing, and they do something else. I don't want to name any names and criticize anybody because it's not a roast. Thank you, Michaela, for pointing that out um, when we were talking a while back about how somebody was <laughs> auditing their site, and it wasn't like a, a helpful moment. It was more like a, well, look at this garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throwing jabs and barbs. Yeah, yeah. So we want to be respectful. Yeah, so it's not that because it's really hard to sort of get out of your own head and you know explain what you do. And then if you go to networking events like I do, after a while, you're kind of like, "This is the hundredth time I've said this." <laughs> it's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Well, and you forget that you're the expert in your business, but not everybody else knows the vernacular. And it's very easy to forget, especially the farther mm-hmm. along you get. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, I've been told I can be soft spoken, but I do have a point guard voice in me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I played basketball once upon a time. Oh, really? I did. Were you a point guard? I was. <laughs> cool. We're going to get along well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mitch is the only nerd I think here that, well, no, Jonathan and you both are in sports. Well, y'all are in sports. So I'm the only nerd that's not into sports. Let me rephrase that statement that was getting ready to come out of my mouth. So, so we're the cool nerds. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just a nerd. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one that's like, I'm not, I wasn't into like gaming cards or anything like that, like D&D. So we, Ooh. It, well. I'm on a D&D podcast. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What is it? Uh, it's called Dungeons and Doobies. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're under our first season. Are you? We aired on 420. <laughs> nice good timing That's yeah, yeah nice branding yeah our business lawyer he's in uh he runs a dnd group online really yeah yeah oh man it's a different world yeah it is it's fun yeah that's a part of nerddom that i get into and i'm like this exists and i sometimes forget it because i'm not exposed to it a lot mm-hmm. like i knew somebody that did cosplay which is a very expensive hobby 
I had no idea. <laughs> Unless you're one of those people that can make money doing it. Yeah, true. But anyways, back to our topic. So you can DIY all you want out of something. But uh, Mitch, you said before, like, our job is sort of to pull the mirror down because you're kind of always looking at yourself and right. see you as you. And this kind of goes throughout business, relationships, and everything. Like, we don't really have a good perception of how we're perceived or seen. Right. There's a way you see yourself, but then there's the way the outside world sees yourself. And I've always said that the value that an ad advertising agency or a marketing firm brings to a client is the ability to see you as you are and not how you see yourself. Because the way you see yourself is not the way the world sees you. Absolutely. And it, it's it's very easy. And, you know, talking about websites and going to a website and going, I, I can't tell what these people do. Oftentimes, like you said, it's because they're so internalized and so into their own head. They're not seeing themselves the way they're, their their uh, their customers or their prospects see them. Yeah, yeah. It's really like whenever I was first brought on, you all always asked for my input. And granted, I was still learning a lot about the like our brand, their brand. Um, but sometimes having that outside perspective ju- uh, rejuvenates a lot of ideas. And like John always says, like yeah, your brand could be perfectly fine, but there's always room for improvement too. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think we want to ever have people think we're not being critical. Everything's got a gap. Everything's got a need that, you know, isn't really being served and can be filled. Um, I think it's kind of like a kind of like a leaky boat, you know, like it may float, but after a while it will sink if you don't address any of the issues. Well, and a brand is ever evolving, especially if you, you know, gain new customers and new clients and they're Feedback is often the most important because they're buying your product. So it is important to get that feedback and that outside perspective, like you said, Michaela. Yeah. Yeah. Because you imagine if you're selling like, no, we sell toothpaste. No, you don't. It's actually preparation H. Read it on the label. (laughs) I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so there you go. For any of the listeners out there that want a good analogy, there's one. Always turn the light on in the bathroom. Yeah. Don't wing it. (laughs) Yeah. There and there is pretty much how the podcast goes, Bridget. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about everybody's favorite topic is Google. Everywhere I go, it's SEO, 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 SEO. So um, that is, it, it is a very desirable, I think, thing in this time because everybody wants to be discovered or they want to be visible online. Um, they want more sales. They want more revenue, and SEO is that cyclical thing that kind of, it kind of comes around. It's usually like social media websites, SEO, you know, just kind of keeps spinning. And I think SEO is coming back around again. Um, recently, Google just did an update on Google reviews, and I posted on LinkedIn about it that they have an algorithm for Google reviews now because everybody was gaming it. So if you're out there and you're gaming Google for rank, <laughs> they know they're not dumb. They're gonna kibosh it. And so what they've done is if you've actually not used the product, that review is not legit and it's probably not going to get on there. It's going to be removed. Or So how they determine that, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot they don't say because they're Google. Uh, I mean, if I had the market on search, I would probably keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> but examples of thin content is where it doesn't have any value. Uh, I said before, it's like, because you're boring. 
talking about their website. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to write an article about something that's been written 70 other times, even if it's from your perspective, it's probably not going to outrank the person that's had that article on page one for a while because they've built up authority and a click-through rate of interest, which shows interest. It's a signal uh, for you to come in with something new. I mean, you'd have to be really, really good to, to you know, supplant them. You have to say something different because mm-hmm. otherwise that person's already sort of the analogy would be like they've climbed to the top of the mountain, planted their flag. Well, they've already gotten there. Yeah. And Google realizes that. So you're going to have to do something different or bring something new to that discussion if, if Google Google's going to recognize it or give it any authority at all. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, that's why doing content, doing SEO, like it's about content. I mean, it's hard to do, which is why it's so expensive. Because a lot of people think, well, I'm going to pay 300 bucks a month and I'm going to get SEO. Because it's, because it, nope. S, right. SEO isn't a thing you go and you buy, you know, you want, you buy a box of SEO off the shelf and you walk out and you, you plug it in and you're all good. It's a, it's a, pro, it's an ongoing process, right? <laughs> I just had an image in my head, just going down the grocery aisle and there's Campbell's soup and then there's SEO. SEO yeah, exactly. I was like, oh yeah, I'll get some marketing on the side. It's in sprinkles. Yep. Well, I wish you, you could buy, buy it like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think there's a mentality. I mean, and I've got a, I'm going to, there's going to be a post. On Monday, LinkedIn, I'm going to post, and it's talking about magic bullets. Whoa, wait a minute. Mitch has a post? Wait, we've entered a new era into NerdBrand <laughs> where Mitch is actually planning yeah. his own content. I'm trying. I'm Link. working on it. I'm working Can on it. Can we get some applause? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You've been great. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway. So, but, yeah. but, yeah, everybody, they, you know, they want, it, they want you know, um, Google AdWords. They want... SEO, they want, you know, social media. These things you go, you pick them, buy them off the shelf, you plug it in and it starts working. SEO is a process. And mm-hmm. it's like you said, it's content, whether it's social, whether it's blogging, whether it's your website, all these things feed SEO, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned all this from you. So it's a process, which, and it's an ongoing process that doesn't have a beginning and end. It's a continuum. You can, it's a, yeah. it's an animal you continually feed. Yeah. It's a weekly thing, honestly. Well, and too, I think you hit the nail on the head that, uh, thin content and, and not having enough content doesn't mean being superfluous with your words. Oh, exactly. It's the value. It's what you're saying. Exactly. We have a uh, limit on how many $20 words can be used on this show because <laughs> our budget is very thin. See what I did? I usually get, I usually get yelled at for that. So <laughs> I am outgunned because there's three people on this episode right now that are in language and they know how to use it. <laughs> I'm like, y'all got that thing right there. You don't you right? We like the our, words. We got our SAT words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's important, but uh, yeah, uh, to that, to tie in, I'm going to bring you, Michaela, forward because on Slack, we had a conversation and I'm going to bring up this acronym again that you shared with me. So can you share that? Because I do have a point that I'm going to tie into with SEO and Google. Yes, I will share it. It's fanboys. So coordinating conjunctions, it's something that's beaten in your head over the shovel when you're in English class. So, oh, so fanboys stands for... uh, for and nor, but or yet so. So coordinating conjunctions when you're structuring a sentence. Hmm. See, and when I saw her write fanboys in all caps, I was like, did I do something wrong? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she taught me something. Mm-hmm. She really did. 
Um, Google does understand that. Because if it can be done in an acronym like that and taught, then you could probably write an algorithm for that and pick it up. And Because and, and, if you haven't ever seen a sentence parsed, like, you know, where it kind of comes off with the, um, I know, Michaela, you probably have, uh, where it comes off, says this prefix, this is suffix, this is this part of the suffix or this part of the pre. Mm -hmm. So that can get mathy, I think. And so Google knows those things. We say all the time, Google's a child and you have to teach a child about you. But the child isn't ignorant. It, it understands language. Yeah, it's more basic, now than yeah, ever. basic understanding. Yeah. So if you use a lot of so's and so's and ns and does and such, you know, Google's like, um, okay. There's a thing called Fleisch, I think it's called pronounced Fleisch reading score. It's F-L-E-S-C-H, something like that. It's used in SEO to kind of read through content, see how hard it is to read. And the easier you actually make it uh, readable, the the better it'll do. Fifth grade level. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people will write in such a way that's so complex with long sentences that the the score goes up and it's harder to read, which makes it harder to optimize. Mm -hmm. um, now, you can balance it out. You can have a very complex article or page written and score very well because it's the uniqueness of the content. There's... Not one thing that gets it done is what I'm trying to get at. Mm -hmm. But you do want to write well, not write good. <laughs> you want to write clearly. Yes, absolutely. So, so Clarity. you're saying that if I want somebody to understand the Roots website, I should probably find a fifth grader <laughs> to uh, read over it? Does this uh, make sense? No. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> if you're feeling insecure about what's written on there, we're happy to recommend some tools because uh, I use them all the time. Even Grammarly is a good one, too. Mm -hmm. like, yes. It's installed on my Outlook, so it checks out all of my like, – because I like to type fast. And mm -hmm. I always go through – I double-check my emails before I send it, especially when it's a client. Um, so, yeah, that's a nifty tool yeah. to use. And it even yeah. like – formats it fixes the structure so it flows better too right. yeah not just like oh you don't need to put a comma there or oh there's this misspelling like yeah. the common things that you do yeah the, the one thing i will say is that if you're running like ad copy this comes from my years being in the advertising business there's english rules for formal writing then there's writing advertising copy and marketing copy because you're trying to you're trying to hit again like we were in our conversation earlier we're trying to hit emotional courts and sometimes you want to write the way people think mm -hmm. not necessarily the way they formally speak so it's you it's 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 like anything else first of all you have to know your audience i'm talking about thin content mm -hmm. the root website who's your audience you want to write in a way that is going to register with that group of people mm -hmm. now, i i say fifth grade level and this i just got kind of used to hearing that over and over again over the last over the years and work in the ad business, just you don't want to talk most of the time. And there's exceptions to every rule. You don't want to talk over people's heads and you don't want to talk to them like they're idiots. Condescending. Yeah. So that kind of between fifth and eighth grade, I think it's probably eighth grade is probably what I probably should have said. It's kind of where you want to be most of the time. Asterisks with many exceptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always tools to help write, and then on the website, depending on the platform, optimize it. So you're never kind of wondering, but you also can't negate the actual professional that's going to work on it and do it. I mean, I could spend hours on one page, 
you know, I was talking with Jonathan, our Jonathan, and John writes very, he writes excellent copy. He knows how to write persuasive copy. Um, the thing about it is, though, when I get a hold of it, and I'm trying to see, first of all, does anybody care on Google? Is it being searched? Is there a volume for this? If there's not, then I don't really worry about optimizing it because it's just a piece that we're putting out that people can read, and that's fine. It doesn't really have a strategic advantage from SEO. But if it does, I have to go back and look at, like, where is that focus keyword used and how is it spread across the document? That's how you you have to do that evenly. Imagine being handed a cake and all the icings on the left side. You probably don't want the cake unless you're just one of those people where you're like, well, I just don't want icing today. That's fine if that's you. But the majority of people want an evenly like he's got more sprinkles than me or something. (laughs) You know, it's going to happen if you ever have kids. But uh, Google kind of wants to see that on a Web page. It wants to see that because it's trying to understand what is this about? It's really funny to me because. Before the internet, you know, when we would go to school and write papers. It wasn't that long ago. Be quiet. I know. <laughs> but professors would be like, literally, I had one hand me a piece of paper with a syllabus. And that paper said, if you use these words all the time, I'm going to stop reading your paper. <laughs> so if you use something uh, like those words, I don't know if there's an acronym for those. But if you use those a lot, I'm done reading. And you're going to get an F or whatever. So got really good at using therefore more over (laughs) (laughs) and understanding like better how to construct sentences from that. And that's where I learned that from. Uh, That's been a while though, but today in Google land, I mean, that's, that's, it's the same rules. It's the same, it's the same kind of engine going on. So yeah, so can't, so Wayfair um, for thin content, it also applies to visual. Uh, Wayfair has or did have a site. I think it may be still that way. I haven't looked at the new, uh, the current one, but it had a lack of visual direction. So you can have verbal direction that's missing, but you have visual. Like, I don't, where do you want me to click is what I'm getting at. Right. There's so much in front of my face. Just, flow. Just put the thing in front of me that you want me to do. So that's got to be the main thing. But you look like you had a point, Bridget. You're like, <laughs> well, I have been reading a book. Lately, it's called You Inc., The Art of Selling Yourself. And one of the points it drives home is even when we are speaking, we translate it visually mm-hmm. in our head. So, I mean, and I have a design background. So, visuals are very important to me. And that's kind of how the language that I speak. So, just to your point, I would agree with you. Yeah. Visually, things are so important. Yeah, we were told a while back uh, by Jason Bernard, who's on the show. We got, I think it was him that said that people see before they read. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, and a lot lately, I think we, Michaela and I have come across a lot of folks that are really starting to become more concerned about how they look because they're okay. starting to see it translate to sales. Because <laughs> so, whether it's a website or anything else, or it's a, a, a magazine. Yeah, remember those? Um, <laughs> fun. <laughs> you, Is that the you, thing you flip was, through and right. sometimes you lick your thumb or finger to look like you're important as and, you go? And sometimes there's pictures and sometimes there's words. I thought um, it was just to put on tables. <laughs> set decoration. Yeah. It holds the table down. <laughs> but people will scan a page before they actually dive into it and start reading it. And there's ways you can lose, to your point, there's ways you can lose people at that first scan. If, it, if something doesn't hook them or grab them in that first scan before they make that split second to dive in, mm-hmm. you either lost them or you've, you've hooked them. Mm-hmm. So to your point about Wayfair, I mean, it, it, people probably got on there and thought, 
I don't know where I'm supposed to go or what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would show visuals, but obviously it's a podcast, so a lot of folks could just go to Wayfair and look. Um, but yeah, it's got a lot of like uh, designs. It's very grid design or was and boxes and stuff on there with different types of product. And basically that's an ad. And so you got all these ads essentially for all these different products in front of me. So, I, you know, it can kind of get, it gets confusing. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Exactly. It's overwhelming and we don't, we get paralyzed by choices sometimes. Yep. Yep. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Choice paralysis is a big oh, yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I learned a very valuable thing from my grandmother who worked in the food business for a long time the, on, the, on the wholesale side. She said she hated going to restaurants where you had menus that had 15,000 things on it. Why? Because people can't decide what they want. Unless you go to like a Denny's at like 2 a.m. and you're drunk, then you kind of want that. It's like, I want that one in the corner. Is no, there, it's just, it's is a that gr- pancakes? You just, at that point, you just say Grand Slam because that's why well, you're there in the first place. You often go with the picture, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Whenever you have 15,000 choices, you look at the picture on the menu and right. you say that's It makes that right. impression. Yeah, right. It resonates. Like, I want that. Right. There's a reason there's numbers. And if you go to a drive-thru or you go to any fast food restaurant <laughs> and you say, I want number four, they know what you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not sitting there going like, oh, a Big Mac with two cheese, hold the pickle. Or, you know, you do that. They're Are like, you drunk what? again at McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people do. I Hopefully mean, you're not in the driver's seat. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'd walk, stumble in. No, I'm I'm walking through the drive-thru. Oh, okay. <laughs> Banging on the window like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, they love that. I would like a burger. <laughs> yeah, open. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. You got to find some wheels or we will not serve <laughs> You have shakes. Just finds a random bird on the street. (laughs) I have wheels. (laughs) Uh, And that's where the show goes off the rails. Yep. Anyways, Bridget, tell them them more about who you are, The Root, and uh, where they can find more information. Yeah. So The Root is um, a a project with my dad and I. Um, He had been a dentist for 30 years and I have a background in design and I've just always been a creative, but never really knew how to harness it, what I wanted to do with it. And um, we were both just kind of speaking one night about how we wanted our career to align with our passions and how we can affect change on a daily basis in people's lives. And most people have to work. Um, so we kind of chose the, the business community where we wanted to target. And um, my dad knew that office space was in demand in New Albany. And he mentioned cubicle farms. And as a millennial, I just cringed at that. <laughs> I've you know, been there, I, done that. Yeah. I immediately think of, you know, starchy ties, white walls. And um, so I had heard of co-working at school. Um, I went to Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina. And so I had mentioned co-working to my dad and tried to explain it, but, you know, us being visual um, creatures, he didn't totally understand it. So we um, took a trip back to Greenville um, to visit professors and coaches and all that. But we toured a co-working space and we walked out and looked at each other and thought, we can do this. Um, and, and we really felt like our community was ready for it. Um, so we came back and were able to tour a lot of other co-working spaces and everybody in that community is just so open and um, giving and willing to, you know, pass on their advice. Um, and from there, uh, we renovated this beautiful historic building um, right on Market Street. Um, 
And then we had to educate people on what co-working actually was, um, which is shared office space for remote workers, startups, freelancers, and creatives. And we basically provide the office amenities um, without all the overhead for people. So um, we have 24-hour access. Um, we have free use of conference rooms for members. Um, we partner with a lot of local businesses. So we serve Starlight Coffee and um we have Wimsat soap in our bathrooms. Um, we allow people to rent our space for events, and we also put on events. So we're just a large community space where people get to see their ideas take shape and their businesses take off. Yeah, it's a very nice spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, uh, Jordan Clemens at TLI was the one that uh, told me about it. So. Jordan's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I decided just to walk around. I live in New Albany, so I just said, well, let's go down there. Just go down, see what's going on downtown. Mm-hmm. Boy, is there a lot of construction. Uh, but I kind of, I know why. Uh, and it's going to be a good thing when it's done. Um, but yeah, it's sort of like, I just kind of stumbled by and grabbed the door and it was locked and I knew it was. But then I saw you in the window and you were running toward the door. <laughs> and I was like, well... I look safe because she's coming to a door that's secure and locked. So I wore a clean shirt that day, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was immediately like when I walked in, Nerd Brand has been trying to find a space for a while, uh, at least to kind of call home. Uh, the space that we were going to is, it's still actually available and open, but it needs work. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, carpet, paint, and wall. Uh <laughs> <laughs> things like that they probably aren't going to happen right away because there's other projects that this guy's doing mm-hmm. and uh so that that that'll probably continue but um you know in the meantime it was like there were some places that we went to it just didn't feel like us mm-hmm. i mean we're we're a very like mitch is a boomer on the tail end of that generation i'm a generation x mm-hmm. uh john's a millennial like you and then michaela is z yeah, I'm 99, so I believe I'm Gen Z. Yeah. So we are literally, when we sit in a room, we have this perspective that's incredibly different and dynamic that's very different that we can bring to a project or to a business and observe things that they're not, but also from that generational gaps. Um, but we're able to relate to each other because of one thing. We believe everything is an ad and we're all nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Of various stripes. Mm. Yeah, of various stripes. Um, but anyways, I think that's going to do it for this episode. I know we had a segment for you, Michaela, but, you know, we're already 30 minutes in, <laughs> counting all the back and forth we did before we started. But uh, I really am thankful that we were able to find this place. Um, if you're interested in uh, learning more, you can go to where.com? TheRootWorkspace.com. There you go. And if you want to subscribe and listen to this podcast, you can find it on Spotify or iTunes or Google or, I don't know, just Google Nerdbrand Podcast. You can go to NerdbrandPodcast.com and find new episodes. And we want to tell you to remember, keep your nerd brand strong. Mm-hmm.